Welcome to the Whitewater Podcast. Stay tuned at the end of the message for church resources and more information about Whitewater. For now, let's dive into this week's message together. Have you ever had a moment where you wish you didn't say something? You could pull back your words. I think we all probably have those moments because the problem is once our words are out there, they stay. Don't you wish God gave us a pause button? We can all hit pause and rewind. But that's not what happens. Our words have weight, they matter, and they last. Words make up a lot of our lives. The Bible talks a lot about the power of words from the Old Testament to the New. In fact, Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. If death and life are in the power of the tongue, we are all very powerful people. You are powerful because words are powerful. And we know words are powerful because the words spoken about you and over you and to you growing up are words that have shaped you. Words shaped our childhood experiences. Words are shaping relationships and marriages. Words impact confidence. Think of it. You can hurt a person with words, not even in the same room with them. The words I speak to myself in my head, they have an impact too. They shape what we see in the mirror, and our words determine, to some extent, the direction and the quality of our lives. Much of our lives have been shaped by words, but here's the powerful part. Your words have the potential to direct the quality and the direction of someone else's life as well. Take a second. When you think of who has shaped you with their words, who comes to mind? It might be reacting to negative words, or it might be living into life-giving words. And words aren't equally weighted. For example, only one cut takes many stitches to heal. In the same way, one word of hurt or pain takes many words to heal. Also, depending on who the words come from carries different weight. What a parent says matters, what a spouse says, what a person in a position of authority in our lives has more weight on how it affects us. Think of this year too. What words on the internet have affected you? What arguments have they started? Relationships have they broken? Even wars can be started by our words. And if you think of the gravity of the weight our words have on our relationships, they also have weight eternally. Matthew 12, 36 through 37 says, I say to you, on the day men stand before God, they will have to give an answer for every word they have spoken that was not important. For it is by our words that you will not be guilty, and it is by your words that you will be guilty. In a way, words are the fruit of our lives. Our character comes out in our words, our emotion, our hurts, our dreams, the health of our relationships. And look what I found on the internet. Every year, you write with your words 66 volumes that are larger than Tom Clancy novels. Well, I don't know if that's true, but we do have a lot of words. And I don't want to look back someday with Jesus on all the words of my life, cringing the whole time. In fact, one day I was in a funk and George just looked at me and asked, have you said anything positive today? And looking back, my day was full of negative comments. And that was just one day. That's not to say we don't walk in redemption and grace, but our words and actions indicate our love. There's no getting around that what we say has consequences. It can harm or help people. Now we'll look what Paul says about this in Ephesians. 
I'm going to break down Ephesians 4, 29 to 32 into four parts. The first part is don't hurt the community. And verse 29 starts out with, don't let any foul words come from your mouth. It says, don't let. That means we have ownership over words and what we say. We can't blame it on something else. I'm in charge of my mouth. I am the gatekeeper. I need to guard my mouth. So Paul makes it very clear what not to do. Do not let any foul words come out of your mouth. And then he transitions to know what we should do. He says, only say what is helpful when it is needed for building up the community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. So that's a good check. Are my words helpful, needed, and beneficial for building up the community? And this might just sound so soft or gentle, so Christian. Can we really parent like that? Can we work like that? And I don't think that's Paul's point is that we're just nice. His point is that it's helpful. And sometimes being helpful is saying hard things. So while some of us need to dial it down and dial it back, others of us need to step up and say what needs to be said. And if you are a Christian, we have a responsibility for building people up because we are interacting with people that God loves. Am I using all my words to build others up? When I leave the conversation, is the person I'm talking to or about better for it? And we think of words as talking to others, but I think it's also important to listen how we talk to ourselves. Are we building ourselves up as well? It's sometimes easy to go into the negative in our minds towards ourselves. Now, the next part, it says, don't hurt the spirit. And verse 30 says, don't make the Holy Spirit of God unhappy. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. While he gives us practical wisdom, Paul also just gets pretty spiritual on us here. It's like he says, when it comes to your words, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. This just means don't talk to others in a way that it might make God go, I'm really trying to build this person up and you're using your words to undermine what I'm trying to do in their life. You're demolishing, not building. I don't know if you're a parent, maybe you've heard your child say something you weren't proud of. Uh, Our son, who's three, we're always kind of rerouting his words and especially his tone of voice. And sometimes what he says and how he says makes me really unhappy. And the next part is what to let go of. Uh, Verse 31 says, put aside all bitterness, losing your temper, anger, shouting and slander, along with every other evil. (laughs) And here's where it gets more personal and goes to the root cause or the heart of the matter of why many of us have such a hard time with this. I don't know if you've ever said something and let it escalate, then wonder, where did that come from? To build others up with our words, we have to deal with bitterness. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness. It doesn't just mean to stop, but it means to deal with it and leave it behind. It's not serving you. Bitterness doesn't just show up in the content of what we say, but how we say it and who we say it to. Bitterness can seep through our words, volume, our tone and attitude. It affects the content and intent of everything we say. And if you're like me, I don't like feeling bitterness. And so sometimes I just try to push it away, but it doesn't go away unless dealt with. And if you're having a hard time dealing with bitterness, I think it's worthwhile to to work through with it with a counselor. And sometimes bitterness comes out in comparison or jealousy. 
And again, when I feel those emotions, I hate it, but I need to look to God who is an abundant God who likes to bless his children. And when I'm bitter and jealous, I'm operating in a mindset that God is a God of scarcity, which just isn't true about him. And I would tend to guess during a pandemic with numerous tensions, bitterness might be trying to pop up more than we'd like. And the anecdote for bitterness is forgiveness. And for a lot of us, bitterness comes from words spoken to us, about us, or over us. Maybe you grew up without a positive comment from a parent or from circumstances in our lives. And we bring that hurt or disappointment into our current relationships. People wrestling with bitterness are trying to pay back people from their past or reacting from life circumstances, but it trickles out on people who never did anything to them. And Paul might say, you know, I don't know your story. I'm sure it's been difficult. And what was spoken or done to you is an injustice and Jesus wants restoration. But right now, the way to deal with bitterness is forgiveness and to let it go. It's not saying it was fair or right, but I have to forgive to be free of bitterness. I'll never be able to build others up as long as I'm bitter. And forgiveness is the decision to give someone from the past what they don't deserve so that you can give those around you what they do deserve. And for those of you who grew up in homes or grew up in environments where words were used against you, where you were demeaned over and over for the sake of the next generation, we don't want to repeat that cycle. It's so easy to mimic and fall into the patterns we grew up with. Without even knowing it, we repeat the cycle. You might have already heard things coming out of your mouth, the very same, same things you, you know, a parent might have said or some other person in your life. And we don't want to repeat that cycle. Decide that you're going to break it because words are powerful. Words have extraordinary and unlimited power for good as well as for evil. So we need to guard our mouth and by God's grace and with some thoughtfulness on our parts, it can be controlled. We have to deal with our bitterness because if we're not careful, what was taken from you by someone else, you will pay back in the relationships you're in now. So Paul says, put aside bitterness, deal with it and let it go. But he's not done. <laughs> he continues with, put aside all bitterness, losing your temper, anger, shouting and slander, along with every other evil. So I have to deal with all of those things and put it aside and let it go. I think that's a big step. And what might help is think through all the words that demean, degrade, and disrespect. All of these things communicate, you don't really matter. And what would our Heavenly Father say? He would say, no, he matters to me. She matters to me. And then because they matter to me, they should matter to you. And so we start treating people like they measure up. Because, you know, God says, did, did I measure up, Sarah? Well, no, I don't. I, uh, you know, and you forgave me and did what I couldn't do for myself. And he might also say, you know, now I want you to do that for others. In other words, God has made an unconditional promise to you. He has pledged his unconditional love. Why would you make your love and commitment to people so conditional? And disrespect communicates, you're not worthy to me. But what does our Heavenly Father say? He's worthy of mine. He's my son, and he's worthy. 
Having God's perspective helps us to see people as he does and perhaps choose our words more carefully. And so Paul gives us some encouragement of what to practice. In verse 32, he says, Be kind, compassionate, and forgiving to each other. In the same way, God forgave you in Christ. Now, this is a different way of thinking from some of the world. Being a Christian has a different view, which Paul is addressing in Ephesians. What does it mean to build others up? I think if we're guarding our mouth, if we don't have kind words, we don't say them. And be kind. This isn't avoiding the hard things. It's saying the hard things the right way. And the next thing is be compassionate to one another. It's not just what you say, but how you say it and understanding another's background, why they are the way that they are. And then Paul says, and make sure to forgive one another. And I might ask, how much do I have to forgive others? And Paul says, the same way God forgave you in Christ. It might look more like this. Speak unto others as God in Christ has spoken over you. Can you imagine what would happen in your family if you did this? Can you imagine what would happen in our relationships if this is what we normally did? If this became normal, then when we messed up, we actually took ownership over it. I'm sorry for that, or I did this. And Paul is saying, allow God's grace to you to shape and inform your words towards others. And as we close, here's an action step to put into practice. At the end of each day, I would encourage you to reflect on your day. Did you have words of life or death? Were you able to build others up? And are you able to let bitterness go and forgive? Thanks again for joining us this week. At Whitewater, we believe in creating an environment where you can belong before you believe. If you want to learn more about who we are and what we believe in, visit us at our website, whitewaterchurch.org. If you'd like to contribute to Whitewater financially, you can give online at whitewaterchurch.org give. Or if you want to get involved in blessing our communities or are interested in joining a home church, email us at info at whitewaterchurch.org. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.